How's everyone going? Yep. Great. Is there anyone out there? Hopefully we're going all right. Um, let's pray, hey? Let's pray for kind of the attention spans and energy and all the stuff we lack on Sunday night. Uh, Father God, we uh, come before you tonight and uh, we just want to hear from you, Lord Jesus, uh, from your word. And now we pray, Lord, that you'd give us really sharp minds and uh, an expectation of what you might communicate to us tonight. And we want to know more and more about you so we can live more and more for you. Uh, we praise in Jesus' name. Amen. It's good, isn't it? Good theme for Sunday night. I wonder how good you are at listening. How good are you at listening? And I don't mean simply looking at someone when your ears are just hearing like blah, 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 kind of. I mean really kind of listening to what people have to say. Sometimes I'm really, really lame at doing this. I find it pretty hard sometimes. Um, when I was studying uh, applied science and natural resource management in Melbourne, I used to live with my brother Simon. He was studying applied physics. had this brain that was kind of falling out of his ears, this brother of mine. And he'd come home after hearing these amazing physical theories and he'd want to kind of tell someone about it. So he'd say, oh, Phil, man, I've been learning this stuff in my physics lecture today. You know, can I tell you something about it? But you're going to really have to concentrate because it's pretty full on. It's great. It's like, whoa, he's getting into it. And I'm going, yeah, sure, Simon. And he starts to tell me. And, and like I'm concentrating as hard as my brain can do. And, but about a few minutes in, I'm kind of going, man, you're just speaking kind of mumbo jumbo to me. And I'm just thinking about something else. I'm thinking about, man, we should really get some pizza for tonight again, you know. Kind of, I couldn't listen. It was just too full on. Do you do that sometimes maybe, you know? Find it hard to understand somebody, so you kind of tune out. I also tune out sometimes with my wife, Michelle. She might be telling me something, and, uh, and she's kind of like, I'm, I'm looking at her, I'm kind of, the, the words are going into my ear, I think, and uh, she's kind of thinking, I don't, I don't think he's actually listening anymore. And, he, and she asked me a question about what do I think. I kind of go, um, yeah, really good, I think, you know, like, it's kind of like, you know, I kind of vague out. And even this afternoon, I said, oh, Michelle, what's an example of when I kind of stopped listening to you? Can you think of one? And she said, no, she couldn't, because they all kind of blur into one, because <laughs> there's so many times. A few minutes later, she's talking to me, I'm going like, thinking about something else completely. She goes, you're listening to me? Uh, I'm terrible at it. I wonder if you're the same. Guys out there, you're probably similar to me sometimes. Um, anyway, that was going to be a joke about women, how to keep talking, and, but I won't keep going there. <laughs> no. Sometimes we might find it hard to listen um, because the words are hard to understand, or sometimes it might be because we're caught up in our own thoughts, um, or maybe we're tired, maybe we're bored. I reckon sometimes, though, it's kind of, we find it hard to listen about from people who give us um, kind of advice we didn't ask for. You'll find that someone will come up and they'll just kind of tell you something and you'll go, and, and, you, and you are kind of like, what's the point of this advice? Sometimes I hear that and I kind of, it kind of, I don't listen to that 
information coming to me, even though the advice being told to me could actually be right. Does this ever happen to you? Now, there are some words that are spoken to us that if we don't listen to them, they're not really that significant. It's not going to be the end of the world, if you like. Listening, not listening is not such a big deal. But sometimes if we don't listen, we'll miss something really, really important. Sometimes we might not even like what we're listening to. It might be really hard for us to listen to it. But it's the truth. In our lives, if we don't hear it, if we don't listen to it, our lives will be seriously negatively affected. So the question tonight I put to us is, are we listening? Are you getting it all? Or are you missing some important truth? Are we listening? We're going to continue on looking at the next part of John's Gospel. It's the trial and the sentencing of Jesus to his death. And within it, Jesus is whispering these words. Are we listening? Are we listening? It's a long passage. So what I propose to do is that instead of reading it out, kind of grab hold of chunks along the way. So if you want to be ready to follow along with me, um, open your Bibles um, to John chapter 18, verse 28. Last week, we looked uh, at the moment in Jesus' life when he was dragged before the Jewish officials, the high priest, the, a religious bigwig, for questioning. And tonight we follow on, you know, this, these last hours before Jesus is going to be executed, before he's dying on the cross. So last week, uh, we looked at high priest, finished questioning, and now he sends Jesus onto uh, Pilate, now, Pilate is a, a Roman governor, and there's a spe- specific reason why, why the Jewish high priest is sending Jesus to the Roman governor, Pilate. You see, the Jewish people didn't rule Jerusalem. Jerusalem, like so much of the land, was ruled by the Romans. So the Jewish people had limited power, especially when it came to executing people. They, haven't, they didn't have the power to legally execute someone. But the Romans did. So the reason Jesus is dragged before Pilate is because they want to execute Jesus. Let's have a look at um, from verses 28. Verse 28. It says, Then the Jews led Jesus from Caiaphas, who was the high priest, to the palace of the Roman governor, By now it was early morning, and to avoid ceremonial uncleanness, the Jews did not enter the palace. They want to be able to to eat the Passover. So Pilate came out to them and asked, What charges are you bringing against this man? If he were not a criminal, they replied, we would not have handed him over to you. Pilate said, Take him yourselves and judge him by your own law. But we have no right to execute anyone. The Jews objected. This happened so that the words Jesus had spoken, indicating the kind of death he was going to die, would be fulfilled. So we have an angry mob of Jews 
complete with leading officials of the Jewish faith and have come to execute Jesus. And this is not new news to Jesus either. He's known this from the outset. He's known that the very purpose of him being born to this earth was to live a life and then die. And he even predicted a few days earlier what, what, by what way he was going to die. He predicted that he'd die by crucifixion. So back in John 12, 32, he said, But I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all men to myself. He said this to indicate the kind of death he was going to die. Now, a couple of days earlier, rocking up into Jerusalem, he predicts it. Being lifted up is a, is a kind of reference to the crucifixion. And we know that if the Roman authorities are to execute Jesus... He would be crucified because that's the, the method, if you like, of executing people. Now, this is pretty full on. Clearly, Jesus has got right under their skin. He's somehow deeply offended them because de- demanding execution is slightly full on, wouldn't you say? So what's their problem? What's so offensive about Jesus that they want to kill him? The answer, they were offended by his claims, by the words he spoke about himself. And specifically, they were offended because Jesus claimed that he was their king. If we continue on in the reading from verse 33, Pilate then went back inside the palace, summoned Jesus and asked him, Are you the king of the Jews? Is that your own idea, Jesus asked, or did others tell you about me? Am I a Jew, Pilate replied. It was your people and your chief priests who handed you over to me. What is it you have done? Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If it were, my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jews. But now my kingdom is from another place. You are a king then, said Pilate. Jesus answered, you are right in saying I'm a king. In fact, for this reason I was born. And for this reason I came into the world to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me. Jesus claims to be a king. He says he has a kingdom, a realm over which he reigns. He says to Pilate, you are right in saying I'm a king. He agrees with Pilate. Later in the passage, the guards mock Jesus' kingship, placing a crown of thorns on his head, dressing him in the royal colour of purple robe on him. And still later, in chapter 19, verse 12, the Jewish people condemning him say that they heard Jesus claim to be a king. There are lots of references to Jesus being a king. And this, for some reason, is deeply offensive to the Jewish people. Why? Well, in claiming to be king, he's claiming a couple of things about himself. My kingdom, he says, is not of this world. He says, my kingdom is from another place. Jesus is a king, but he's not a king of this world. You know, he's not a king like we see um, in history. 
Now, Jesus' kingdom, he claims himself, is from another place. What's this place? Well, the Bible, if you were to read lots of different parts, will kind of give you this great picture about where he is king. But even in this passage, we see a hint to, why, um, to where he's a king. We can piece together verse 7 of chapter 9. It says, they heard Jesus claim to be the son of God. He claimed to be the son of God and a king. Now, if you combine this idea, the king and the son of God, what we have got developing is that Jesus' kingship, he's claiming equality with God and he's claiming that his authority is obviously directly from God. So this kingship is not just like an earthly kind of made up, like, you know, hand it down through your family. It's like, no, God has made Jesus a king, an earthly, a king, a ruler, not an earthly necessarily ruler. And, you know, the king, the queen of England, she has authority and she might claim that her authority has been given to her by God, but she um, rules over a certain restricted geographic um, location, if you like, a certain area of land. But Jesus' kingship, Jesus' kingship is God ruling over the world and not primarily over a geographic area. No, Jesus is concerned about ruling over hearts and minds of people. Okay, so Queen, geographic area, Jesus ruling over the hearts and minds. And his, that's what his kingdom is. So he's less about taking physical ground, more about taking human hearts and minds for the kingdom. Jesus wants people to come into his kingdom by submitting to his authority. Jesus wants people to come into his kingdom by bowing their knee, from turning away from ruling their own life to saying, Jesus, you be the king. Jesus, you rule over my life. Jesus' kingship comes directly from God. And they don't like this because they're not on the side of God. They don't like it. It's offensive because they're kind of on the opposition. They're not on the side of truth. So Jesus says, you're right in saying I'm a king. In fact, this reason is why I was born. And for this I came into the world, to testify to the truth. Everyone on the side of truth listens to me, he says. If you're on the right side, God's side, you will listen to what Jesus has to say. They're deaf to that, though. He speaks the truth, and they're deaf. Now, the deafness reminds me, you know, when you're on the other side, there's a kind of a deafness there. Reminds me of going to um, AFL footy matches. Now, I love um, when I get the chance to go and see the classiest football team in the league, probably the world, uh, Essendon, if you didn't know. And um, I don't think it matters what footy, footy game you go to, um, but the antics of supporters is absolutely amazing. I actually quite enjoy watching people just go berserk. And I remember this one time where I think it was like an Essendon player 
Um, and it could be anyone, but you'll say, yeah, this is the way it always goes for Essendon. Okay, Essendon player just comes straight through and he cleans up like the opposition, like takes this guy's head, like almost knocks the guy's head off. Now, the umpire rightly blows a whistle and awards a free kick, yeah, to the opposition. And this is the bit I love because the supporters, the Essendon supporters, when they, their man who takes the guy's head off gets a free kick against him, which is legitimate, they kind of go, come on, umpire, you know? That's rubbish. What are you talking about? That's rubbish. You know, they can't believe it. And then, you know, when the opposition kind of like kicks the ball and it does a random bounce and goes out of bounds, they go like, out of bounds in the fall, you know? They're kind of, they're kind of like, they can't hear the umpire's call because it's like they're on the other side. You understand the picture? So people who are not on the side of truth they can't hear the claims of Jesus. They can't hear it. And I tell you, what prevents people from listening is like their deep sense of pride. They refuse to acknowledge the truth because their pride won't allow them to. They would rather hold fast to the wrong point of view, pig-headedly, rather than be shown to have been wrong and actually acknowledge it. I think in many cases people are so proud and caught up in how right they are that their pride makes them deaf. And you might be able to relate in your own life on, on other situations. Jesus states that everyone on the side of truth listens to me, listens to him. And he calls people to join his kingdom by humbling themselves, by bowing their knee, putting Jesus on the throne of their life. So the question for us is, are we listening? Yeah. Are you listening to the call of Jesus? There are a couple of possibilities, and the, the passage draws out these two. There is a third. The first one's partial listening. We can see that in Pilate. The second one's you can be deaf, like the Jewish people who wanted to crucify Jesus. Some of us might have partial hearing like Pilate, I reckon that Pilate was, you could see he was passionately listening because he kind of um, acknowledged that he was king. You know, he said, you are a king then. Yeah, he got that right. And later on, like when he heard that Jesus was the son of God, he was like, oh, wow, like I don't want to execute this guy. But then he went on to make these stupid errors. He went on to have him flogged, beaten, put a crown of thorns on his head. And then he went on to actually um, be more fearful of the Jews than Jesus, and he sentenced Jesus to die. So he kind of partially heard it. But I don't think it cuts the mustard, really. It doesn't get you into the kingdom. Do you have partial listening abilities? Well, maybe you're not partially listening. Maybe you're just deaf. Deafness uh, like the Jews had, you know, that you can't listen at all to Jesus. I'll read out um, some more of this passage and just think about how Jesus has been telling them, listen to me, if you're on the side of truth, think about the Jews and what their response was in their deafness. From verse 4 in chapter 19, once more, <clears throat> Pilate came out and said to the Jews, look, I'm bringing him out to you to let you know that I find no basis for a charge against him. When Jesus came out wearing the crown of thorns and the purple robe, Pilate said to them, here is the man. 
As soon as a chief priest and their officials saw him, they shouted, Crucify! Crucify! But Pilate answered, You take him and crucify him. As for me, I find no basis for a charge against him. The Jews insisted, We have a law, and according to that law, he must die, because he claimed to be the Son of God. And to verse 12. From then on, Pilate tried to set Jesus free. But the Jews kept shouting, If you let this man go, you are no friend of Caesar, who is a king. Anyone who claims to be a king opposes Caesar. When Pilate heard this, he brought Jesus out and sat down on the judge's seat at a place known as the Stone Pavement, which in Aramaic is Gabbatha. It was a day of preparation of Passover week, about the sixth hour. Here is your king, Pilate said to the Jews. But they shouted, take him away, take him away, crucify him. Shall I crucify your king? Pilate asked. We have no king but Caesar, the chief priest answered. Finally, Pilate handed him over to be crucified. The Jewish people here had not listened at all to the claims of Jesus to be their king. They were deaf to the truth, and so they could not respond in faith. Are we listening, or are we deaf to the truth? Now, the final option that's not really in the passage although it's talked about everywhere else in the Bible, in the New Testament, is a response of actually listening to Jesus. To hear the claim that he is king and then act. To submit your life to his kingship and then enter his kingdom. Make Jesus the ultimate authority in your life. Hand over your control Put Jesus on the throne of your life. So I wonder how your hearing is going tonight. Partial, deafness, or are you listening? Now I want to just briefly broaden the concept of listening for a little moment. I think the passage is saying Jesus is king. Are people going to listen and respond in faith and and enter into the kingdom of God? But I think there's a... um, A great relevance for us who have already submitted our lives to Jesus as our king. Jesus' words, everyone on the side of truth listens to me, still has relevance for today. In John 16, 12 and 13, it says, I have much to say to you now, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes... He will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears. And he will tell you what is yet to come. God's Spirit wants to guide us into more truth. You see, our Christian faith is a journey of transformation. God doesn't want us to stand still. He doesn't want us to stand still. As Christians, every day he wants to transform. He wants to grow. He wants to change you. He wants to heal you so that you become more and more like Jesus through his spirit. So we now as Christians need to really delight in truth, delight 
and have a listening ear for the words that Jesus will speak to us through his spirit. Where it was Jesus 2,000 years ago speaking, it's now God's spirit who speaks on his behalf. So are we listening now? Are we listening to the truth when we read the Bible, really listening and longing for truth to be spoken into our lives? Are we listening to the truth when people speak to us about things? You know, God will speak through people. Are you, are you listening? Now, many of us are great at listening to things that we want to hear. We're great at doing that. Talk about stuff I love, you know, I'll listen. We're great at listening to the things that we agree with. But do you know that sometimes we are not going to like the truth that God wants to speak to us? We're not going to really like it. Because sometimes listening to the truth about God speaking into our lives that relates to us, it will be painful. It will be very painful. The truth that God might want to speak to us might really be challenging for you. It might make you feel seriously uncomfortable. Not always, but at times, yes, it will. You know, it's often pride, a deep feeling within us that thinks we're right that makes us deaf to hearing the truth sometimes. People, we have to understand that we are not perfect. We are not perfect by any stretch of the imagination. You are not perfect. As much as we might think we know everything, our understanding of the church, our understanding of the Bible, our understanding of right doctrine is not perfect either. You've got to hear this. The more we recognise that we're not perfect and we're still learning and we still need to grow, the more we'll be able to listen to the truth that God wants to speak to us. Let's be humble people. Let's be really humble. Let's long to listen to God's truth that he might continue to change us. Now tonight, the challenge I want to leave us with, for those of us who have submitted, um, for those of you who have submitted your life to Jesus and he's your king, I just want to encourage you to continue to listen to the truth. Ask God tonight to give you the wisdom and the strength and the ears to listen to the truth that he might continue to grow you. He wants to grow you and change you more and more into the likeness of his son Jesus. Now tonight, if you're, you are yet to submit your life to Jesus, God's king of the world, then tonight I offer you an opportunity to humble yourself before the throne of God and admit that you've been ruling your own life and rejecting the king. Submit to Jesus, give him your life and enter his kingdom Get this, submit to him today, tonight, and enter into a relationship with the compassionate, loving, merciful, just God of the universe. You do that tonight. Jesus is whispering, 
Dear Heavenly Father, um, you do whisper to us your truth. Sometimes you yell it at us. And Father, tonight I pray on behalf of all of us here, Lord, that you would help us listen to your truth. That as believers, you would um, help us to be humble and to hear the truth even when it hurts and is painful. And please uh, help us deal with our pride so that we cannot be deaf. And Lord God, tonight, um, I just pray that for those of us who have not given our lives to Jesus, that tonight, Lord, um, we choose to submit our lives to you. We choose to bow our knees to you and acknowledge that I have been the king of my life and you have not. Lord God, I'm sorry. We are sorry, God. And we ask that you would forgive us and that um, you would yeah, welcome us into your kingdom. And we thank you for your faithfulness when we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.